Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 191. <laughs> we, we made it, but Ed just, <laughs> for those of you who can't see, did hand that? signals that were not the numbers. <laughs> I could not figure out what, are you doing? what numbers he did. If you're not watching on YouTube, you've got to go back and watch that on YouTube. I don't know what happened. To go with our continual Ed health updates, now he's had a stroke in the middle of the of the podcast. That was classic. That was not. That was not good. Oh, that was fun. (laughs) Not for us. It It was was for me. It's very frightening. Very confusing. Yes, and weird. (laughs) Okay, so here we are, Ed's. It's a silent medium. He's just making. That's right. Okay, that's exactly right. Whatever. I'm trying to communicate with all people. This is a podcast, Ed. <laughs> I know. You have to speak. <laughs> well, some people are watching. Master. Not, not many. Not many. That's right. Not, not as many as listen. They're going to go back and watch now no, and see maybe. what you were doing. They don't care that much. Come on. Some of them do. <laughs> hey, I will say I did have a conversation a few weeks ago uh, in our Next Steps class, which we do here at Community Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting because it was a guy I just met, first time I ever met him. And the, one of the first things he said to me was, he said, Man, I want to tell you something. I was like, what? He said, I really like those videos where you and those dudes just sit around and talk. And I thought, no truer words have ever been spoken <laughs> about this podcast. What happens yeah. on this podcast? The three of us. I am glad to be one of the dudes. One of the dudes that just sits around and talk. And I thought, man, you you really get us. We are just dudes sitting around talking. Yes. I wish I could sing a theme song. Nope. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> You could sign language. I, I would listen to that. Apparently, you would not. I would enjoy It'd be that. sign language. You would hear nothing. I would enjoy okay. it. Okay. Much better than you singing a theme song. Okay. All so, right. Whatever. So here we are. Remember last week, if, you, if you're if you a regular, uh, regular audience member, we talked a little bit about Christianity and the fact that it is, in fact, a religion. And a relationship. And a relationship. But we're leaning on religion these days. Yep. Yeah, we're leaning right. that direction. Leaning that direction. And uh, so go back and get that discussion if you care. But we talked about the fact that Christianity being a religion means there are some practices that come with it. Today, we're going to talk about some of those things. Just scratching the surface. Yep. Just going to scratch the surface. And I teased this last week. Uh, I said, we're going to talk about some sacraments. Mm. We need to define that term. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people hear sacraments, and if you're if you're if you they're hate, like me, they think saccharin. Really? <laughs> I don't know those I words. Like the sweetener? I, yeah, that's what I always think. I never thought that. I I don't know. You know how my mind is a weird place to be. There yeah. you go. Yes. <laughs> sacrament. I, I never think of that. But see, for me, when I hear the word sacraments, I always think of the Catholic Church. Because ah. they mm. were the ones that had the sacraments. That's right. Mm. We, in my church growing up, when I was We a didn't kid, talk about that. Uh-uh, we didn't call them sacraments because somebody might hear us and think we're Catholic. That's right. And mm. Lord, you don't want to do be that. We do not want to be this. I'm just going to say this much. I did not, I've never attended your home church where you grew up. Really? I'm going to tell, tell you this much. I guarantee you no one walked into that church and go, is this a Catholic church? I tell you, no one walked in and was confused. That's the point that I'm making. We were so afraid of being, because they were, were, we we were so against that. Well, having grown up in the 1960s in Mississippi, the Catholic church in my hometown was the size of the studio. Yeah. Mm. It was tiny. No, Mm. no, there were, I don't. I don't know who ever went in there. I thought it was closed up and abandoned. <laughs> well, now who knows? It was.
was like the worst thing you could be. And, and, mm. and that's the way I was brought up. And now, you know, now that I know many Catholic brothers and sisters yeah. mm-hmm. and have come to appreciate and, and understand better right. what, what's going on in there. Because it, it was so weird to me. Um, right. But, and this is the funny thing, is there were things about my church growing up that <laughs> are much more Catholic to use that term, mm-hmm. than a lot of the other Baptist churches down the street. Oh, that we yeah. were practicing. We just, again, we, we came from a tradition that was like, you know, we just, we're just Christians. We don't put labels on things. We just follow the Bible. We, you know, we're Christians only, all that kind of stuff. We've kind of trying to clear the deck of all that stuff. We, but we, but we were holding on to sacraments. Well, and a lot of, time. a lot of people who are Protestant don't actually deal with we aren't that far removed from just being protesters. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. We were. Mm-hmm. Yes. Martin Luther did not see himself as totally breaking away from the Catholic Church when he you know, yeah. nailed yeah. The, the theses. He was right. trying to it, reform. He was trying to reform the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then it became, because of the way they reacted, the church mm-hmm. reacted, mm-hmm. it became a separate kind of thing. Yeah. But it is the nature of once you start as a protest movement mm. that you're against something. Yes. yes. And, and you so, become defined by what you're against. And that's true of almost every Protestant religion, a mm-hmm. Protestant denomination mm-hmm. has somewhere in it, you will find if you get to know people in it, there is a thing that they were trying to fix in the group of people they left. And right. it became, I'm a little against, I have to, there are a bunch of battle, bad, battles that are still being fought in the movement that the three of us are associated with, that I say to people all the time when they're giving me all the reasons, I go, hey, you know, nobody's asking that question no more. Nope. Right. I don't know why we're still, there is no one asking that question anymore. Mm-hmm. So back to the original point, what are the sacraments? What are sacraments, I should say? So the idea of something being sacramental uh, really goes back to the kind of root part of that word, which is not about sugar or artificial sweetener. No, it's about sacred, sacred, sacred right? Sacred. It's about it's about uh, a sacrament is uh, an act uh, or a object, object right? Thing, yeah. That um, you are choosing to set aside, kind of make holy, right? By setting it apart, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to become something that is ordinary. That you are making sacred, mm-hmm. setting it apart. Yep. I'm just trying to cl- clarify for people listening, mm-hmm. right? For the sake of encountering God mm. through that. We talked about this in the previous uh, episode, but about you know setting my sails to catch the wind of the Spirit. Uh, I'm trying to put myself in uh, a place, yep. right, to honor God, mm-hmm. to encounter His Spirit through these things. And so, and I do that in a way that God prescribed for me to do. Yes, yeah. he's the one who set it aside. He's right. the one who That's set right. it aside. I don't get to make up the sacrifice. That's right. And so traditionally there and and different uh different denominations have different kinds of these, but the ones that are kind of unifying among There are two that are just almost all Christians agree on. Well, because they are outlined in the scripture yeah. uh and those are baptism and communion. And yeah. so yeah. baptism What's sacred about it, right, is it's ordinary water. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's water 
filled somewhere in a lake, in a pool, in ours, we have a baptistry, right? Uh, some kind of thing. We I've seen people use horse troughs. We had a horse trough type thing. At Other one church point. that we I helped a, start, uh, foundation uses a horse do. trough. There you go. At the portable campuses, I used to blow up a uh, uh, hot tub, inflatable hot tub. That's inflatable exactly hot right. tub. So it's some kind of thing. Once again, ordinary yeah. things, things that themselves uh, have nothing sacred about them. But you, I am setting it aside for this purpose of. Uh, in baptism, a person who has chosen to follow Jesus, right? Uh, they they are buried underwater, right? Like Jesus was buried, and they are risen to new life in Jesus. And so, in that in in that act and in that water, God says, "I will show up," right? In the life of this person, we believe the gift of the Holy Spirit comes to that person who makes that decision, who's baptized, right? And there's a way that that happens. Communion is ordinary bread, right? Or we at different times we've had crackers, right? Ordinary bread type thing. Call that bread. It's yeah, still it's still bread, bread right? Yeah. And then a cup of something, right? Juice, wine. Now, depending. See, if you went to my church growing up, okay, that, your non-Catholic Catholic church. That's right. Yeah, that they would have been real clear on it can't be just anything. Okay. All right. Okay. But it had to be from a, the fruit of the vine. Okay. That was very specific. Because that was what Jesus but, would have had in his cup. But of course, in my church growing up, that fruit of the vine could not be fermented. Ah. Uh, whereas in a Catholic church. Yes. Or Episcopal or many, yeah, whatever. Sure. Which was, many, which many I always years. found kind of interesting. Why we made that distinction. Nobody could ever give me a specific verse for that. But that was a big deal growing up. We had a big thing with it. But regardless, ordinary items other than that. That's right. That because I've set aside to honor Jesus' death, his resurrection, his body and blood Mm -hmm. given, that there's, it's sacred. God shows up in that. Let's just, let's talk about baptism for a second. Okay. And, you know, it's just while you're sitting here talking about those things. And so a sacramental thing is an ordinary thing. And we're specifically talking about baptism and communion, which are set aside in the scripture. God said, I'll meet you in these ordinary things. You do mm-hmm. it with the right heart. Mm-hmm. So you just can't jump into water in a church and oh, that right, makes right. it baptism. Nope. It's the answer of a good conscience, Peter says to mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I have to come with the right motivation. I used to say to people all the time, if you just do this because you think somehow it earns something with God, you just got wet. That's right. Mm-hmm. It, it's not baptism just because you're trying to earn something with God. Mm-hmm. I have to come believing that I'm putting my trust in Jesus, and I believe I'm doing this because he asked me to do it, and he would show up in it. And I would somehow come into mystical union with him, and that my old life would be buried, mm-hmm. and I would rise with Christ. Mm-hmm. My old life would go. My sins would stay there. And I would rise with Christ. And I was thinking as you were talking about that, it's interesting to me. Uh, most Christian traditions agree on these two, baptism and communion. And God's promised he'd meet them in, us in them. And this is a little maybe a side thing. The evil one has decided to attack these two in the church that we disagree about these two and the form mm, that they should almost take. Almost more than anything else. Almost yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. They are two that were supposed to have us in a way that we could come into union with Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now we've decided to make them points of disunion between us, which Jesus said was a really big deal for his followers to be united with one another in Mm -hmm. the world. And the evil one has separated us on this, which ought to cause some of us to begin to 
think, you know, I probably need to, I probably need to move as much toward unity as I do about doctrinal purity on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's good. We've held on to doctrinal purity at the sake of, I will separate with other believers Mm -hmm. (laughs) over things that I can't say for sure, absolutely 1 million percent Mm -hmm. that I'm right and all the rest of the Christian traditions are wrong. Right. Mm. I think that's good. That's not the what I was taught years ago, but I firmly believe it. Nor nor what I was taught five six years ago when I was in <laughs> when I was in uh, uh, Bible college. So, uh, yeah. but I do think the point that that we're trying to make here of with with sacraments, as you've already kind of made, it's not it it is not the water that is holy. It is not the water that is sacred. It is, God says, I will, just like, I mean, I almost use this word, but I know theologically some people would come in. It's almost God incarnating, right? Although it's not carnate because it's not flesh, but it's God imbuing this when we choose to, and I choose to obey him in this way. Just like there is a space that exists that the Holy Spirit shows up in my life in a powerful way when I choose, we said on the last one, to forgive somebody. And I do not have the power to forgive this person, but the Holy Spirit shows up in my life when I put myself and say, I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop holding this grudge against this person. I do not have the power to stop those evil thoughts coming in my head anymore. But if I give myself over to the Spirit, he continues to show up. And when I obey Jesus' example, the example we see throughout Scripture of baptism, people choosing to follow Jesus, there is a way, and Peter even says in Acts 2, right, that this is for the forgiveness of your sins, right, the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is a power that is present there. The power is not in the object itself. Yes. The um, the power is in me choosing to give myself over. And the reason I bring this up is I think there are a lot of people that go, well, I don't, have, I don't have to do the baptism thing. I don't have to show up and take communion somewhere to encounter God in that way. Well, of, of course not, because there are ways that... Well, I would say, here's what I'd yeah, say to you. I'd have a qualifier. The last little part you said, I don't have to come to meet him in that way. Do you mean you can meet God other places in other ways? Right. Yes, but you can't meet him in, in that, that way. way because he said... I will show up mm-hmm. in this. Yes. And I would just want to say to a person, what is it that you want to defy him on this? This right. is pretty clear. Yeah, why? Why? If you trust in Jesus, this is not an impossible thing, particularly in our country. I, right. Man, I would get it. If you were in, if if we were in Iran and we were talking about the moment you go public with your baptism, because it's illegal to convert from Islam to Christianity. I mean, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. And you can lose your life. I can get why people would go, hey, man, can we hold off on that until we mm-hmm. get the laws changed where I don't want to do that? And yet people line up to do it. I mean, there's a huge revival going yes, on in that country. Right. Absolutely. I, I can get that. But when when American Christians want to argue with me about form or about I don't have to because, after all, it's just my trust in Jesus, and he knows I trust in him. Okay. He, he knew all those people when he commanded them. I, mean, I, I don't get—that's what I would say. What's the big deal? What's, what it, why is it you will push against this thing that all Christians agree it's an important thing? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, it's just—it's agreed upon. 
maybe we don't all agree on the form. I think Satan's got in there in the works. Hmm. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't, it's always been an interesting thing to me that uh, people push against this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, I know we're, I might, I might be jumping topics. But, no. You know, we, we also talked about how communion is one of the sacraments mm-hmm. as well. And the thing I grew up hearing all the time is, you know, you know, how, how often do you have to do that? And the thing I, I kept wanting to say is, why are we, why do we make that a deal? Right. You know, you know right. The, the church I came from was like, we, we do it every Sunday and we do it here every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and most truth is most churches throughout history have done that every Sunday. Mm-hmm. But then there's this strand of people that like, well, if we, we don't want to do it every Sunday because it's going to lose its meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do it once every so often or whatever, or only on special occasions. And, it's the same argument that I go back to is like, this is how Jesus said, I will meet you. Mm-hmm. Right. I will right. meet you sacramentally mm-hmm. <laughs> in this moment. Um, you know, my, I, I said this last time I preached my favorite preacher right now, Brian's on. He, uh, I listen to his um, sermons every week and he introduces, they, they do communion right after his message in their church every Sunday. And mm-hmm. one of the things he, he says every single week is he says, no matter who you are, where you, where you come from, what you've done, you know, you're invited to this table and through, and he says, it's a mystical thing through the wine and through the bread, Christ will meet you there. Mm-hmm. Right. Come with whatever you've got, whatever, you, you know, whatever you've done. But if you come to this table, Christ has promised to meet you there. And it's an invitation. And every time he says it that way, I go, why would anybody say no to that? Right. Right. If, 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 if Christ is, what I, if I'm a Christ follower and I want Jesus, <laughs> why wouldn't I do that? But then back to your point, Ed, it has become this, this point of contention among Christians. Right. When that is the truth, mm-hmm. we meet Christ there. And it, it just doesn't, I, I guess I don't have a point other than just a, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. I have a too. question about that. It bothers me. Well, I think where I think for a lot of people, what people get hung up on, and I think this is we live in such a world um, that either wants everything to be fully mystical um, or fully uh, secular, that there is there is no mystery to anything. Mm. Um, I want to figure it all out, and so even within Christianity, you know, I was talking about just a few years ago. Uh, more than a few years ago, but I was in Bible college, and you know, when you go through systematic theology, you got to go through, and the church history, you got to go through all the different beliefs around, uh, you know, communion. Does 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 the priest actually make it the actual body and blood of Jesus, yeah. or are they just symbols that represent what it is, or is there some way that? The, the the bread it's not the priest that makes it that but it's when you ingest it that somehow that makes yeah. it happen it's you know how does how does all of those things work and that is very much there's one side of that that's a very mystical open side mm-hmm. no one really knows how that part works right you know right. more on the that's catholic right. side of how does it actually become body and blood then there's the very what i would say is a very systematic secular way of everything's just a symbol mm-hmm. everything is just this is just an act of obedience you do. There's nothing that's actually happening in it. You just do it because Jesus told you to do it. And I believe that what Jesus is doing is very much what he did when he in- incarnated flesh and blood and in that God is present and active in our world 
in ways we don't fully understand, just like my girls don't, I don't need them to understand everything I tell them to do. When I say get in the car and buckle up your seatbelts, I don't need them to understand how car pressure works when it comes into something else and how is this going to hold my weight and how's it going to, I need them to do the thing I said because I said this will keep you safe. I said that this is going to happen. I don't need them to understand every part of it, but that doesn't mean that the seatbelt does nothing. Just because they don't understand how it works, that doesn't mean the seatbelt does nothing. It just means that they don't have to fully understand it. And so I think what ends up happening... Anytime you're dealing with God, and you said this yesterday in your message, Jason, anytime you're dealing with God and I want to try to understand it, I've already set out on a course that's a fool's errand. Yes, because you can't. God has everything I will ever understand about God. He chose to reveal. Yep. And he does not say that he chooses to reveal everything there is to know. Mm-hmm. He has chosen for us to reveal enough for us to trust him. Yeah. But he is not saying that uh, he has revealed everything that we need to know or answered every question. And I like to think that that's a part of what's going to happen in eternity, where Paul says, then we will know as we are known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The things, the things that I have questions about, when I see God, three and one, I'll go, oh, that's how that was. <laughs> well, and I think when or you... it won't matter. That's right. But I, I'm confident I won't have the question anymore. No. It'll, it'll all be solved. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's the way I've said it to people is, you know, I'm going to get all my questions answered. I'm like, well, you might. Or they just won't matter. They won't matter when you see Jesus. It just won't matter anymore. Well, it's like I have to teach my, you know, I was teaching my daughters to swim this year. Um, and, you know, fl- floating in water is something you don't know until you experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, and I and I realized about halfway through, <clears throat> I don't really know how to explain to them how floating works. Mm-hmm. Like, there's science behind it. I know I can figure out buoyancy and then figure that out. And I could even sit down and show them how it works. That don't mean nothing to them. And even for people who understand the science behind it, that doesn't mean anything other than explaining a thing you've experienced. Right. You looked at something floating, you go, how did that float? And then you figured out a scientific explanation behind it. But floating ends up happening. There is something, and and even when you understand the science, there's something kind of magical about floating. There's something a little bit, even when I understand, I know why this works the way it does. When you lay back in water, and I was just on a cruise and they had a saltwater pool, which, you know, increases the buoyancy. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I was literally watching a movie for 45 minutes because I had it up on the big screen and I'm just laying like, like I'm laying on a bed and I don't have to do anything because the buoyancy was so high. On, if you uh, ever have the chance to go to the Dead Sea. That's what I've heard. And you try to go underwater, enjoy yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's something, and the whole time I did, I go, this isn't, this isn't, and the movie was not a good movie. But it was an enjoyable experience because there is something mysteriously just enjoyable about I'm out of control. I'm just kind of floating on this water. And here I am. And I'm experiencing, and I can understand the science behind it. I can break it down. But there's something about the experience of it. That has been my experience uh, in my own baptism, in seeing other people uh, baptized, especially even, as you said, people who have been very resistant to it. And then at some point, they finally relent. Mm -hmm. 
They get in the water and they don't float, but for the sake of the metaphor, they just start floating. Something happens when they go and they experience. I, I, I said to a friend of mine um, who uh, chose not to at this point, I'm hoping eventually it will change for him. But I said to him, he had been investigating life with God. And I told him, I said, this is your next step. I said, this needs to happen. I said, I can tell you those, those, those compelling things you feel within you when we sit and we talk about the Bible and when you come and you worship God and you feel that. I said, that pulling, I said, but it always feels uncomfortable because that's the way he describes it, this tension. Mm-hmm. I said, there is something that happens when you f- just fully give up and say, I'm fully invested. I am fully here with Jesus. I said, I just have seen it with so many young people who make decisions grown people who make decisions. There's something that opens up in your life and it is beyond the decision you just saying, well, I'm gonna make the decision and not get in the water. Mm -hmm. No, there is something that happens. And whether it's just that now I'm being obedient and my heart really wasn't there or whether there is a way God met me when I got in that water. Well, it is an act of trust. All of the sacraments are acts of trust. Yes. But they help me because they allow me to do a physical act Right. Where I feel as if I'm trust, because you can sit and say, "I trust Jesus." Well, okay, you might or you might not, but you know when you participate in this act that I don't understand it. I'm not even sure there's anything going on here. Right. But you know what? He said it. He told me to do it. Right. So I'm going to do it. It's like Sunday. Um, I was. I had this experience taking communion. I, and I, sometimes I say different prayers when I take communion, but for some reason this Sunday, I, as I ate the bread, it just dawned on me, you know, Christ is in me. Mm-hmm. And I said that as I ate the bread. And when I drank the, the cup, I, I said that to myself, Christ is in me. And I thanked God for that. Now, that's an act of trust. That's right. Did I absolutely, was there some feeling? No, but it was a, it was a reminder that day. Christ reminded me. I'm in you. And I and I and I walked away from that going, something happened there between mm-hmm. me and Jesus because I just trusted the act. That's the right. Sacrament. Well, and I've said to people before, I think that's one of the importance uh, with baptism mm-hmm. is there have been many times in my um, as a pastor and other things that I've doubted. Um I don't know that I'm doing this right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not even sure that my faith is real. Mm-hmm. I'm not even, I, why am I doing this? Why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. But I remember, I can remember who I was with. I remember what it felt like to be in the water. Mm-hmm. I remember the commitment I had at the moment. Mm-hmm. I remember the people standing around me. And I knew at that moment I had committed my life to Jesus. Did Jesus just realize at that moment? No, mm-hmm. Jesus knew. Yeah. But I, I have that marker. It's the same way when nobody, I don't ever have to wonder if I'm married to Becky. I remember everything about that service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember her sister crying the whole service louder than the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember my dad who couldn't whisper telling me how beautiful she looked. I remember, I remember all the feelings I had in that moment at the time. So, you know, moments when we've had, you know, I I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to stay in this or not. I know I committed my life yeah. in the same moment at the right time that I would do this. Yeah. And it becomes a marker for me. Yeah. I mean, and Becky and I com- Becky and I had committed our lives to each other a, a year before we had said we're going to be together. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't say to people, when did you get married? Oh, we got married a year before we, get, you know, we had the wedding. That's not true. I got married that night. Yeah. Well, and I think when you, you take that, you, the example you're using of baptism, like a wedding ceremony, right? Then communion becomes uh, like what I would say, maybe like a date night that happens regularly throughout, that there's this moment where I committed full time. And then every week, you know, uh, I have these times where we I get back together with my Savior in this sacramental way, That's using right. these ordinary things. And I remind myself, this is worth it because there are Sundays. And I've said this before I I lead a, a a group about about five years ago I started a, a, a group of people that um, we wanted to reach people our generation and younger who um, we just had had all had experiences we could not get them to show up on a Sunday morning or we could get them to show up once because we promised them lunch afterwards but then they never wanted to come back there was something about just coming to a church service that was not working for them so we said well what if we could get them to regularly meet with us. And we would read scripture together and we would, and we received communion together because the one of the reasons that we talked about this for a long time is we said, we didn't know what it would take to eventually get them into the larger body of Christ. But if the eight or so of us could be really focused on let's love and try and reach you and let's honor Jesus in our meetings. And we said, communion is one way we can always make sure Jesus is at the center of our time. And when we would take communion together, I said to them one time, someone said, it just feels weird because we're not in the church. Yeah. You know, it just feels weird because we're not there. And I said, you know, sometimes just the physical act of me saying, like you said, the act of trust, mm -hmm. I'm taking this, I'm not feeling much of anything, mm -hmm. but I'm taking it in remembrance of Jesus for the sake of doing that. There is something that does to me, the physical act, just like when I show up on date night and I've had these dates where my wife and I, we scheduled the time, we got you know uh, someone to babysit, we're going to go, hey, we're going to go out. And then we go, what do you want to do? Because you didn't plan, you know, I don't have anything to do. And you just go, you know, we're just going to be together. And maybe, maybe nothing fantastic happens, but we were together. And when I look back on the history of our time together, I look and I go, this is this is really it. And so I know for that group of people, we were talking the other day because right now we don't have anyone that's come into our meetings who's not a believer. And we've been just kind of struggling with that because it's been a long time for us. And I remember saying to him one time, but you know, we gather together in the name of Jesus. And we are doing it and we are seeking and we are we are trying to reach people. We're trying to do this. I believe God honors us trying to honor him in this way. And he is still showing up because yeah. we are showing up for him. And I don't have to, like you said, those moments where you start to question, is this worth it? Mm -hmm. Am I still doing the right thing? Mm, that's right. Because there are Sundays you show up and you go, that guy is still in the same place he was six years ago. Why am I still doing this? And what, you know, they're, they're, they're falling apart and that person's not here anymore. And I don't know. And you look out and you go, but you know what? We gathered together in the name of Jesus. He showed up. I'm not sure if it's working right now, but I can trust mm -hmm. he is present. And that was the reason we got into this in the first place. It was because yeah. he was present. Yeah. So let's wrap up because uh, we're out of time. I'm sure we can talk all day, but we will not. And we'll spare you all from that. So <laughs> for the past two weeks, like I said, we've sort of spent a little bit of time on this idea together. Um, if you want us to talk more about this, uh, we would love to hear from you. If uh, you have questions that have been raised over the past mm -hmm. couple of weeks, uh, the, the link is still in the description where you can send us uh, questions about this or about something else. Uh, if you're like, 
man, I wish uh, they would stop talking about the stuff they want to talk about <laughs> and uh, answer my questions again. Well, you can change that. Send them in. Send in the questions. We'll jump back into those. Uh, and if you don't, we'll come up with something else. Or we'll make up we something else. We so will. that's how we roll. So Because we're going to make it to 200. Oh, yes. That's going to happen. Because what happens after 200? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to 200, and and we're still taking suggestions. On if you the got things for us to do, that's right. Uh, we won't listen to everything you tell us, maybe. But yeah, I, we, we yeah. will. We'll, we'll do something. We'll we do will something. read them, and we may even read them on air. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Whether we do, whether we do or not, it'd be fun to read out what people thought. Okay. I don't know if it'll be fun until we do. In it. in progress, we're still we're still not sure, but yeah. we're gonna figure it out, and we're gonna do something. So, yep. All right. Y'all have a great week. I'm leaving. It's done. (laughs) See ya. (laughs)